Welcome to Welcome to Westview. I'm Max. And I'm Tina. And we're here to talk about the last episode of WandaVision. The Uh, series finale, which is the name of the episode. Yeah. So, I'm glad we waited to talk about this, because for a couple of the episodes we've recorded immediately after watching, Mm -hmm. and we didn't on this one. No, we sat with it for a while. And I did really enjoy it right after like i enjoyed it while it was going on and i enjoyed you know i i you know i enjoyed it for a while after and i still i don't think it's bad i feel like it's a good thing to lead off with i don't think it's bad Mm -hmm. but yeah the thing was or the thing is rather this show started off doing something really really different from the rest of the mcu Uh uh-huh and i think that's what got people excited like this was something that wasn't just you um, like them or dislike them like there are some there are some marvel movies that work really well with the formula there are some that don't they all follow a formula though right like i love uh i love the third thor movie the third thor movie is really good but it also follows the Marvel formula. They're all the same movie, but with different dressing, basically. I mean, I feel the same way about the first Guardians of the Galaxy movie. Mm. It follows the formula, but I really enjoyed it. And the thing that made WandaVision feel special was that it was something different. And they were, you know, they were doing something different. And the last episode is basically the third act of a Marvel movie. Yeah, so I mentioned to you just a second ago before we hit record that this episode of our podcast is going to be pretty strange because the part where we talk about the episode itself is going to be short because the episode is two extended fight sequences, essentially. Yeah, and like it, it literally has the ending of the first Iron Man movie. Mm-hmm. It's literally the ending of the first Iron Man movie. Without Samuel L. Jackson. Well, I meant the fight scene between Wanda and Agatha has... Oh, oh, I thought you meant the post-credits, we'd like you to join the Avengers Initiative scene. No. Which no, it also which, has. Yeah, but... Oh, God. And there's so much about Monica being just graphically underutilized here. And, okay, okay, I think I can sum up a lot of my issues with the finale. Okay. It's... Failure to deliver on the setup. It's failure to deliver on the promise that they were going to give us something different. Yeah. And the first, first of all, I just want to say, I'm, I'm doing like a compliment sandwich. Mm-hmm. I'm going to say the thing that I really liked is that Wanda being super powerful didn't destroy her. Like, she was able to come out the other side of it at the end of this episode. You mean, yay, it doesn't end like Avengers Disassembled with Wanda crying on the ground and having to be rescued by her dad? And, you know, yay, it didn't end like the Dark Phoenix saga with, uh... With Jean killing herself on the moon? Or the Dark Phoenix movie where Jean just explodes for no reason at the end of the final act. Okay, honestly, I said the Dark Phoenix saga, but Jean choosing to end her life on the moon to prevent... The thing that has happened is less this trope than it is when it's adapted and she just dies for no reason because she's so powerful she, she can't stand it. I don't get why she blew up at the end of Dark Phoenix. It doesn't 
relate to anything that happened in the rest of the movie. It's, it's funny because you love Jean and you love Wanda. I do. And I, I want to be clear because my issue with Dark Phoenix, I, I, when, it, when I was saying what my issue is with the finale, it reminded me a lot of my critique of Dark Phoenix, which is that it's like 20 to 30 minutes of really solid setup and then a whole rest of a movie failing to deliver on it. And the thing is... Yeah, this episode, this series rather, is eight episodes of a really interesting setup and then an issue that's, oops, all splash pages. Yeah. Yeah. Someone online, God, I wish I remember who because I want to give them so much credit for this. But someone online said, I feel like the money would have been better spent if they had just done a really, really elaborate musical number instead of a glowing cloud fight. I mean... Okay, I was going to say, did they not see? But they didn't because this was all shot at once before any of it was released. But look at the response to Agatha all along versus the response to the finale. Yeah, it was all ship of Theseus memes, which is fine. No, but I mean, it could have been, people could have gotten really excited about it if it had ended on a musical number. The final episode should have been a musical episode. No, wait, I take that back. I mean, I would have loved a musical episode. Don't get me wrong. The final episode should have been a Christmas episode. Okay, there's a little preview of what's going to happen throughout this podcast episode Mm -hmm. with us saying how it should have ended instead of how it did end. But here's what they should have done. Like, the fight should have happened and then Wanda should have forced it into a Christmas episode. And then in the context of the Christmas episode, Wanda should have figured out how to release the town and... Agatha should have, like, had her heart grow ten times and so that she and Wanda could team up. Okay, are we just going to save all of her how this should have ended for being sprinkled throughout the episode? Because I was going to burn through some of mine now, but I feel like we might need to hold on to them for the bits where they're just flying around throwing energy at each other. Well, I mean, I... You could feel free to... I was going to actually suggest that we do them all at the end, but I couldn't... I couldn't... Yeah. Not bring up the... It should have ended on, like, a Christmas episode special. All right. So the episode opens with Agatha having Billy and Tommy on these, like, electric tendril... Magical tendrils. They're, like, purple ropes. Yeah. You know, holding them hostage. Wanda's like, hey, I'm not in the basement anymore. The magic blocking spell... Remember this, audience, the magic-blocking spell that was established last episode doesn't work on me if I'm not within its boundaries. If I'm not within the boundaries of the magic symbols you put in the basement, my magic works again. Remember this, audience. But when Wanda shoots her hex blast at Agatha, Agatha just absorbs it because that's her deal, right? We saw her absorb all of the magic in Salem from the other witches, and Wanda has the raw power but not the control, so the idea is Agatha can just suck out all of her power and then have it. Okay, so I do really love how this is handled because Agatha's like, hey, look, you just... Give me your power, I'll let you continue to play make-believe and, you know, bum-fuck New Jersey. Like, just give me your power, I'll let you keep doing what you're doing, and you don't have to worry about accidentally, I don't know, juping more of New Jersey into your... Into the hex! Into the hex. 
because look, you shoot energy at me, I'm just going to absorb it anyway, so what you going to do? And Wanda hits her with a car. She picks up a car with her magic and throws it at her. And then it knocks her into the house and we get a shot of just her feet sticking out like the Wicked Witch of the East. Which, God, I love. I love it so much. It's, it's, this is a thing that bothers me with certain characters, like... If there's a character who's telekinetic and then someone's like, ah, but I'm immune to your powers. And when they're, you know, attempting to throw them, Uh I'm always like, why don't you just throw an object at them? And I do love that they did that here. That is good. So Agatha being squished. uh, Squished. Squished. White Vision flies up and he's like, hey, Wanda, it's me, White Vision. And then give, give me your head. Yeah, he like tenderly touches her cheek and then like picks up her head and tries to squish it. He's like, he's gonna, it's like, I, it's like the, the, I squish your head bit from Kids in the Hall. Hmm. But she saved when, you know, brain vision, dream vision, the vision that she barfed out of sadness. He flies up and he basically just punches white vision into a explosion i guess an rv mm-hmm. that rv exploded kind of a lot yeah that's disturbing also i think this is technicolor vision hmm. there's white vision and technicolor vision so technicolor vision's like so do you know what the deal is with that and wanda's like okay look it's a whole thing but i have to deal with this lady because agatha was obviously not killed by having something as simple as a car dropped on her And Agatha shows up, and even with all of the things we've said about this finale and how it kind of didn't live up to what we wanted, Catherine Hahn still brings it, flying up to the top of the house and going, oh, your ex and your current at the same party. How awkward. (laughs) Catherine Hahn is great. By the way, Wanda told the kids to uh, go to their rooms, which... Yeah, they wanted to stay and help, and she was like, no, no, you need to hide, but we'll get to that later. Meanwhile, poor Monica is trapped in the attic of Agatha's house, and she's, like, banging on the window trying to get Wanda's attention, but Wanda can't hear. And fake Pietro, Pietro, is Mm. just holding her up there in the attic. Poor, poor Monica. She gets basically nothing to do. Yeah, she gets sidelined, like, completely in this episode. The... Again, it's like the failure to deliver on the promise, right? Episode 7 ended with an after credit scene, which we hadn't had yet. So we got an after credit scene where Monica is captured by Pietro. I mean, we, She's confronted by him. Right, we don't know that he grabbed her, but I guess he grabbed her because now she's trapped in the attic. But that gave us the promise that we were going to get something exciting, some sequence with Monica. But no, we just get... We just get her trapped in the attic all episode. Oh, I also think this is as good a time as any to throw out there that um, Pietro being up in the attic is kind of weird. Like, this is theoretically his house, but we saw that it's a big witch house and Agatha was able to take it over and he's really just hiding out in the attic. And so I saw a guy on TikTok theorize that he's the person who's in witness protection I was gonna that bring Jimmy that lost track of. I was going to bring that up. I was... Should I save it for when we find out what his name is? Sure, sure. Okay, because the name was kind of a thing that someone was like, okay, this is why he's in witness protection. I was like, okay, yeah, I can see that. So... Speaking of Jimmy. Speaking of Jimmy, uh, Jimmy is brought to director Whitebread. 
Yeah, Hayward. And I, I, okay. So I guess we have to bring this up because Jimmy's like, do you think you're going to be able to cover this up? And Hayward's like, Hayward says, you know, that once he takes out Wanda, he'll be praised as a hero because she's a scary woman. But. Well, also because she, you know, enslaved an entire town using brain magic. Yes, 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 yes. But, you know, thematically speaking. Although, God, that would be really hard to prosecute someone for. I mean, I guess kidnapping, right? Like. Yeah. Mass, mass kidnapping. Well, I'm glad you brought that up because my question is, it's going to come up later at the end of this episode, but. What exactly is Hayward going to get in trouble for? It doesn't seem to me like he's acted outside of his authority. Yeah, spoilers for the end of this episode, but he gets, like, let off in handcuffs at the end. And I'm like, I don't think he did anything. Like like you said, I don't think he did anything that exceeded his authority. Like, we can talk about whether or not he should have that much authority, but I don't think there's anything to prosecute him for. Yeah. I mean... He didn't even successfully do the thing he was setting out to do, which is kill Wanda Maximoff. Yeah, I mean, he brought the Vision back to life and plans to use him as a weapon, which is the thing that people are mad about. I mean, by people, I mean, like, Jimmy and Wanda and Darcy are mad about, but... That's, like, literally the point of his organization, though. Yeah, I don't think the government's gonna be like, oh, no, how dare you create a super weapon and put it into our control? Uh, Yeah. Yeah. Jimmy finds a safety pin and manages to pick the handcuffs that he's been handcuffed with, and then... I I do love he has this big speech to Hayward about how, like, look, I've been in contact with my FBI buddies the whole time. They're going to be here in under an hour, and they're going to, you know, throw you in FBI jail. And Hayward's like, yeah, sure, buddy. And then Jimmy picks the lock on the handcuffs. He He says flourish because we need to know that he learned that from Scott Lang. Yeah. He uh, he steals a cell phone. He remembers a friend's phone number. What? I know. And he calls a friend of his at the FBI and he's like, hey, so I need you to send as many people as possible to Westview. And if you could do it under an hour, that would be really great for me. Okay, I'm going to throw out another how it should have ended thing. Mm-hmm. I was really, really hoping that one of the after credit scenes would be... Cliff and the FBI showing up at the site, like, Troy coming upstairs after getting the pizzas and just, like, seeing what had happened to Westview and being like, what the hell did we miss? So, back in Westview, Wanda is flying after Agatha while Vision is having a, I swear to God I could do this whole episode just in Futurama gifts. Now, now, perfectly symmetrical fighting won't resolve anything. Yes. So... Wanda's walking through the town looking for Agatha so that she can punch her. Yeah. And I, I it, it's it's which fights don't have to be just people throwing different colored energy at each other back and forth. Like it can be better. I mean, not to it wasn't a good movie. The Nicolas Cage Sorcerer's Apprentice movie. Do you remember that? I remember that I went and saw it in theaters, but I I'd be and I remember that the broom scene 
felt like it was really wedged in there. Like, they wrote the whole movie and then were like, we have to do the most famous sequence or else what are we going to do? I remember those two things about it. Yeah, so the movie's not great. Honestly, I re- I've seen it twice. I, I really enjoyed it. It's a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. And part of that is because a lot of it's built off of magical magical fight scenes. And the thing is, it's not just shooting energy at each other. It's stuff like Jay Burrowshell's character has a has a puppy calendar in his apartment. And there's a bit where Nick Cage is defending him from an evil wizard. And the evil wizard brings the uh, puppies out of the out of the calendar and then turns them into wolves and has them attack. And then like Nick Cage turns them into something like it's very environmental and it involves a lot of turning things into other things and like making stuff suddenly intangible. So like you fall through, so you like fall through the floor or whatever. Like there's a lot in that movie. There's a lot of, it's not just shooting energy. It's using stuff. And I feel like that's a better way to do magic fights. Yeah, uh, there's been a lot of talk online about magic fights being boring in the MCU, and somebody brought up as an example of a good magic fight Merlin and Madame Mim in the Sword in the Stone, the animated Disney movie. Yeah, like, there should be shape-shifting. There's, I like the Magician's TV show, and there's a lot of things it does better than the books. I know we went really in-depth in this in one of our podcasts or another uh-huh. We do so many, but we went in depth. And my big thing is, for the most part, I feel like the Magician's TV show is stronger. Mm-hmm. One of the big letdowns is the Alice versus the Beast fight. Yes. Because it is by far the best part of the first book. It's it's an amazing scene. And I was like, oh, I have no idea how they're going to do this in the TV show. And They really didn't. They they really didn't. The two of them kind of throw energy bolts at each other for like five minutes. And then, you know, what happens happens. But yeah, people not knowing how to make magic battles interesting on screen is definitely kind of a running thing. Yeah, which I mean, to be fair, I really don't think you could do the Alice and the Beast fight on a TV budget. Yeah, yeah. So... We, we, we talked a lot about how disappointing this witch fight is. That's what we're about to get. We're going to get a witch fight. Wanda finds Agatha, and she's standing on a billboard that I have to bring up because we don't get a commercial in this episode because it has decided to stop being something interesting and just be a standard MCU story. Yeah. But at least we do get Agatha standing on a billboard for, like, one of those environmentally friendly cleaning things. And it claims that it is using the power of Earth. So, so that's fun. Yeah. We get a bit where Agatha summons the Darkhold. So I guess that is the Darkhold. Yeah. Which, Even though it has appeared as a different book in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., which neither of us has watched. Yeah. But according to Agatha, the Scarlet Witch is a, you know, big honking deal. She'll bring forth, like, what, the end of the world or whatever. Yeah, she's going to destroy the world. Honestly, since I already brought this up, they really are presenting the Scarlet Witch as though she's the Dark Phoenix. Mm. And when we see the image of her from the prophecy, for lack of a better word, it is what Wanda saw in her vision last week. Yeah. Which... So, 
I feel like this is kind of drawing on the James Robinson Scarlet Witch run, which established that Wanda's mom in the, like, God, fifth, I think, parental retcon for the Maximoffs, Mm -hmm. that her mom was also a witch and that she was the previous Scarlet Witch. Agatha's mom was the previous Scarlet Witch. No, Wanda's. Wanda's mom. Wanda's brand new birth mom for this incarnation of the Maximoff parental retcons was the or was a Scarlet Witch and like it's a title that passes on blah blah blah. I did not like the James Robinson run of Scarlet Witch. Like I didn't dislike it. It's the art was beautiful. The writing was fine. It. other people didn't have this problem with it Mm -hmm. i did but i felt like james robinson had like a witch story he was you know an an original witch story that he was writing for like dark horse or image or something and then he got the chance to pitch it at marvel as a scarlet witch story and he just kind of slotted it in there yeah it really felt like that to me especially with the whole her mom was the scarlet witch before her which it's a thing with James Robinson. James Robinson write, uh, likes to write legacy characters. Mm-hmm. Uh, like one of his most famous uh, pieces of work is the Starman book. Oh, okay. Sure, sure. Which is all about legacy. And I felt like he was just trying to carry that over to Wanda, who's a character who... Well, I mean, it sounds like those are the stories he's interested in writing. Yeah, which is fine. And a lot of people like it. I, The art is beautiful. They have a rotate. They had a rotating uh, thing of artists. Mm. So... Even in the, even the, there are a few issues where the art's not great, but for the most part, it's a really, really pretty book. But I feel like they're drawing from that for this, and I don't love it. Mm, I especially it. don't love that they're throwing in a prophecy. I know! It's like... It Prophecies can... are so boring, they take any energy out of the story. Yeah, like... You, you can't, I'm not saying you can't do a good prophecy story. It's just, it's so lazy. And especially to throw it in at literally the last episode, being yeah. like, oh, by the way, there's a prophecy that you're going to end the world. And maybe that's going to be a plot point in Doctor Strange, Multiverse of Madness. Yeah, they even say that she's even more powerful than the Sorcerer Supreme. So, yeah, they're definitely going to throw in some Doctor Strange stuff here. Which, uh, okay. I'm fine. I with... mean, wouldn't it have been more interesting if this show had just concluded instead of feeling like it was required to set up more movies, more shows? Yeah. Like I'll... if Wanda had been allowed to be her own thing and not be an introduction to the sequel to the Doctor Strange movie? That's the thing. It really, really feels like the last episode is just previews for other things mm-hmm. instead of actually like instead of actually tying the story up. Which it does, kind of, yeah, ish, and and now we I'm, like I'm gonna see Doctor Strange too. Like Wandavision built up enough goodwill in me for me to you know I don't care about Doctor Strange. We didn't see the first movie, but I'll see number two just see if Wanda gets her kids back. Okay, so remember. I think it was last week when I mentioned to you that they have announced that there's only going to be one season of WandaVision. It's one and done. And we were both really excited because it meant that they weren't going to run the premise into the ground. Mm -hmm. I retract that. I need a second season of WandaVision now. And I need that season to be Wanda and Agatha with Wanda learning magic. 
So I guess I don't need another season of WandaVision. I need... Wagatha. Wagatha. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's what I need. So Agatha... De-brainwashes everyone in the town square so that they can yell at Wanda for, you know, making them pawns in her little sadness play. Yeah. A- Emma Caulfield runs up to her and tells her that, you know, she has a daughter and can her daughter please come out of her room? Because we remember we learned in a previous episode that Wanda basically to keep some sort of control over the town has all the kids staying in their rooms and just brought them out for Halloween. And this is heartbreaking because she hasn't been able to see her daughter. And I I do like that she's, she's pitching to Wanda. She's like, look, you have kids now. My daughter can interact with them. She could be their friend or she could be their bully. We can do... Like, if you just let my daughter out, I'll do whatever you want. I We can be whatever you want. And mm-hmm. the townspeople start, you know, crowding around Wanda. And you don't know what's going to happen, but it's probably not good. It's a very torches and pitchforks moment. So back in Fiatro's... Man cave. He calls it a man cave. Yeah. Monica's... Like, just kind of looking around to try to uh, get clues on, you know, who this guy is and how she can get out of this situation. And she finds one of his headshots and sees that his name is Ralph Bonner and calls him Ralph Boner. I mean, not like insulting him. That's how she pronounces the name. And he's like, <laughs> Boner. Which this was a thing for someone. Someone was like, OK, like, obviously, this is Jimmy's witness uh protection guy which i mean why would he have a headshot no i mean maybe he was an actor well no but the the thing is they're like it's obviously a witness protection thing because if your name is actually bonner you're sick of boner jokes by the time you're 30 yes so monica uses like her military training what would you qualify sword as i guess it's military-esque yeah. She basically just flips him over and then uses her energy powers to break him out of the hex. She sees that he's wearing a collar because remember, he's not being controlled by Wanda. He's being controlled by Agatha. Hmm. And Monica's able to like rip off the collar that he's wearing that Agatha's using to control him. Yeah, she sees that the uh, the collar has a weird energy signature. Because she can see energy. So does he not have powers now or how does that work? I assume he no longer has powers. This is this is the last thing that we see of him. Hmm. But uh, yeah, I assume he has no powers now. Back at Wanda's house, the boys are watching everything through the window and they're like, okay, we need to go out there and fight. Yeah, like, Tommy asks Billy if their mom's okay. And Billy, you know, mystically reaches out and he sees that their mom is surrounded by people who are about to, you know, beat her to death. Yeah, so uh, they go and they're they're going to help out. Yeah. So, the townspeople are upset, obviously, because she's been controlling them. And I like that she doesn't realize that they're feeling her grief. She says that they should feel safe and at peace because she feels more at peace here than she has anywhere else. But she's still overwhelmed with grief. It's just less so here than anywhere else. But... She assumed that everyone in the town would feel at peace the way she does, but instead they're feeling all of her grief and having all of her nightmares. 
Okay, so there's a thing where apparently a lot of comic stores are like trying to sell House of M trades. Is it like a tie-in for this? And really, this is the only place where it feels like a House of M thing. Mm. Because for those of you who don't know, House of M is a... It's an event where Wanda try to, uh, tries to use her powers to reshape the world to make everyone happy. Mm-hmm. And, uh... It ha- that's the infamous No More Mutants, right? Yeah. It, it ends with the No More Mutants, because in trying to make everyone happy, she just basically... She creates a world where you can't just make everyone happy. Like, that's sort of the moral of House of M. Mm-hmm. Is, like, even if everyone gets their greatest wishes granted... It doesn't mean they're going to be happy. Okay, I think that this is important too because a lot of people have been talking about how evil Wanda is for, you know, mind controlling all of these people. But as soon as she realized what she's doing, which she does right here, um, you know, they're all crowding around her and she instinctively kind of blasts them and they all fall to the ground being choked by her magic and she says oh my god i'm sorry and she undoes all of that magic like this is a little microcosm of what happened she's not completely in control and agatha like taunts her like well why don't you let them go and she does like i mean we know this from her conversation with fake pietro in the halloween episode when she's like i don't remember how this started like, and we, honestly, we saw it when she kind of barfed up the uh, hex in the first place, you know, last episode. This wasn't an intentional thing on her part. Yeah, and I mean, I feel like that's, and, and to be fair, I have seen people saying this as well. I feel like the point of this story is the way that our grief can kind of... Unintentionally affect those around us. Yeah, it can kind of twist and it can lead us to causing harm, even great a great deal of harm. But that doesn't make Wanda a villain. Mm. It's just that she is so powerful that, you know, when the grief caused her to cause harm, it was a lot more than your average your average widow could cause. So Wanda takes down the, uh, she starts breaking down the walls of the Hex, and Hayward's like, oh, now is our chance. Let's go in there and shoot her a bunch, I guess. Ugh. I mean, he's, th- he's the real villain, I mean, right? Like, I, I, there's no question here for me. I know that he, I don't think he did anything that he could be prosecuted for, but he's the real villain. <laughs> so, meanwhile, Vision and White Vision are shooting lasers at each other and flying around and shooting lasers at each other and flying around and shooting from from, from out of their from out of their mind stones well the mind stone for technicolor vision i don't know what white vision has because he's not powered by an infinity stone eh, if you don't have an infinity stone you know store bots fine oh uh, okay so vision gets his ass knocked to the ground one and Billy and Tommy run up to help Wanda. Conveniently, everyone is now around Wanda. Yeah. So she can see everyone kind of cubing out. Right, because she's taking down the hex. So her boys are disappearing and Technicolor Vision is disappearing because they're not, they don't exist outside of the hex. So as she takes it down, they're, they're leaving. And Agatha's kind of taunting her about this because Agatha knew that would happen. So Wanda closes the hex back down presumably now that everybody's had a chance to get out of it that's optimistic but fine it's it seems to be true yeah 
The important thing is that they can have as destructive a battle as they want because all of the citizen people are not in the area anymore. All of the civilians are gone, yeah. So she, uh, now that the hex is rebuilt, the entire family is together. Oh, and Hayward and his dudes got in while the walls were down. Mm-hmm. So now we have three villains we need to deal with. We have Agatha Harkness, we have White Vision, and we have the military. And Agatha is still managing to pull Wanda's power out of her, even as she fights, because, you know, she's able to, like, protect her family or shoot back Agatha, but Agatha just keeps pulling, you know, energy out of her. I do appreciate, as Hayward's guys surround her, (laughs) Wanda's like, okay, boys, you take care of the military. Yeah, we do get, it's it's basically that one shot from The Incredibles where everyone is getting their powers ready and Wanda's like, okay, vision, white vision, I'll handle Agatha, boys, military, which is a handy, you know. Yeah, it works out well. We have, we have three, you know, superheroes counting Billy and Tommy as a unit and mm. uh, three, three people to attack. All right, so vision throws tech white vision throws technicolor vision into the library so they can have the fight in the library so that they can have an intellectual discussion about the ship of theseus which has been discussed online a lot yeah because white vision's thing is that he uh like he has to he has to kill wanda but he also has to kill this version of the vision right or yeah okay well he has to kill wanda and vision because that's the programming that he was given But his whole thing is he is the body of vision, whereas Technicolor Vision is the mind of vision. So he brings up the ship of Theseus, which is a thought experiment, which I first heard a variant called Grandfather's Axe. Mm. That is, you know, you have an axe and at one point you replace the handle and then at one point you replace the blade. So now none of the original remains. Is it still the same axe? Yeah, that's the version of it I heard. Like, I didn't hear the Ship of Theseus thing until way later. Apparently, a lot of people were unfamiliar with this, though, the whole Ship of Theseus thing. I mean, granted, I heard the Axe version of it first, but I feel like it's a pretty standard uh, thought experiment. I had never heard the Ship of Theseus version. I I got it because I'd heard the Grandfather's Axe version, but I I had never heard this version. Mm. But I looked up what I had not heard before, which were various proposed solutions to the Ship of Theseus. All right. So, uh, one of the proposed solution is that basically, no, it's not the same. It's never the same. And that's the, uh, you never step into the same river twice. Right. There is a proposal that there is a element of time. So when you think of things on an axis, you must also think of time. So they're the same things within like certain dimensions but not within the dimension of time to be clear uh we talked about you talked about the grandfather's axe i'm, I'm going to describe it as the ship of theseus the way it's presented here which is you know theseus has a ship over time every plank of wood in the ship is replaced with a different plank of wood uh until it's entirely new wood is it still the ship of theseus right okay so the last two solutions mm-hmm. solutions I thought were kind of, I, I felt like worked into what WandaVision was doing. So I'm just going to read like what it says in the Wikipedia entry. So the first of those last two solutions is 
According to Noam Chomsky, as described in Of Minds and Language, the thought puzzle arises because of extreme externalism, the assumption that what is true in our minds is true in the world, and that is not an unassailable assumption from the perspective of the natural sciences because human intuition is often mistaken. And the second one is the gradual loss of identity. As the parts of the ship are replaced, the identity of the ship gradually changes, as the name Theseus's ship is a truthful description only when the historical memory of Theseus's use of the ship, his physical contact with and control of its matter is accurate. For example, the museum curator, before any restoration, may say with perfect truthfulness that the bed in the captain's cabin is the same bed in which Theseus once slept. But once the bed has been replaced, this is no longer true, and the claim would then be an imposter, because a different description would be more accurate, a replica of Theseus's bed. A new bed would be as foreign to Theseus as a completely new ship. This is true of every other piece of the original ship. As the parts are replaced, the new ship becomes exactly that, a new ship. Yeah, makes sense. So, I just, when I read those two, I was like, ah, WandaVision is definitely hitting on that. It's definitely hitting on... I, I just reading the what happens in the mind is not necessarily true to what's happening in reality. And I was like, ah, the premise of this show. So you could really sum up the vision on vision fight as no you bro <laughs> to do a much shorter version of it. Cause vision's like, I, I have to kill vision and I have to kill Scarlet, Witch. I mean, Wanda Maximoff cause she doesn't have a nickname yet, but you know, I have to kill vision. I have to kill Wanda Maximoff. And, you know, Vision's like, yeah, but you're the Vision. You have his body and you have all his memories. So that that's you. You. You're the Vision. You know what a better version of this fight is? What? The Scott and Nega Scott fight from the end of Scott Pilgrim versus the world. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Turns out we got a ton in common. It's, we were all assuming before we got into this episode that it was going to end with them melding because Technicolor Vision has all of the memories and White Vision has the body, so it would make sense for them to melt. Well, yeah, like, Westview Vision is the soul, White Vision's the body, you just splorp them together, but... Eh. Honestly, that could have been really interesting. It could have been really interesting to explore that in a way other than a fight because Vision himself is the Jarvis AI and the body that was built by Ultron. And so if that's what Vision is, what is he now that he's been split and recombined to a different mind and a different body? Like, And the episode touches on this briefly on what Vision is because he... Later in the episode, he very clearly states that he's not the sum of his parts. He's not Jarvis, and he's not the body Ultron built. Like he, and he's not just a combination of the two. He's something different. I mean, just wouldn't that be more interesting than shooting lasers out of their foreheads at each other? Yeah. So, meanwhile, Agatha, I love Agatha because... She uh, she starts taking care of the military, and she tells Wanda, "There's always going to be torches and pitchforks for girls like us." Yes, and she uh, she gets ready. She's like mystically lifting the military guys and getting ready to tear them to shreds. But Wanda, you know, uses her powers to stop the military guys, and the military guys are like, "Hey, thanks. We're gonna shoot your kids now." Uh, Which not great. So. I do really love how handily the, like, 
Billy just magically uh, disables all of the guns. Yeah, did he magically disable them? Because we see Tommy running around super fast, and I thought he was, like, physically disabling some of them. Yeah, I think Billy was just mystically holding them in place. Oh, okay, that makes sense. Because we see his hands glow and the guys kind of stop with their guns, which I was going to say... Come on, Tommy can move faster than bullets. He's got Quicksilver level speed. Then I remembered what happened to Quicksilver in Age of Ultron, so... Oh. You know. Tommy also, by the way, steals a hat from one of the sword guys because that is the kind of character he is. Honestly, I feel like... God, they got such little screen time, but I feel like these kids did really nail the Billy and Tommy dynamic. Yeah, I think so. So Hayward jumps out of the truck with his handgun, since that's the only non-disabled gun, and shoots at these children! Okay, so this is basically the big thing Monica gets to do this episode, where I don't love it. I don't love the visuals of it. I really don't love the visuals of it. She puts herself in between the boys and the bullets, and she, like, uses her powers to absorb the bullets. Uh Uh-huh. And it feels really really uncomfortable that the one thing she gets to do is sacrifice herself for wanda's kids yeah it and unnecessarily might i add because she misses one bullet and it turns out billy had like a mystical force field behind her to protect him and tommy from bullets and she's like oh i guess i wasn't needed at all here I what guess a waste I of Monica Rambeau. Although, you know what? How very comics accurate God. to have Monica Rambeau and fail to utilize her properly. So Hayward jumps back in his truck and tries to get away. And Darcy stops him by running into his truck with the falafel van. Or the, not falafel, the funnel van. Yeah. The, the funnel, funnel of, of love. love. And she, she says, have fun in prison, which is this, like, yay, we got a moment, except, as previously stated, what? for what? For for what is he is he going to go to prison? So, meanwhile, the Visions are having their ship of Theseus thing, and White Vision's like, huh, huh, that's a good point. I'm going to go think on that for a little bit. I'm going to go think. You gave me a lot to think about, bro. I'm, I'm, I'm off. I guess I, I, I can kill, I can kill Wanda Maximoff anytime. Bye. Well, he doesn't just give him a lot to think about. He also gives him his memories. So now, now, now he's the original ship and the memories. So I, yes. I it, it, it really undermines the ship of Theseus story, doesn't it? I like how he basically does a hard reset on the vision by pushing in on He's his... like, let me get this paper clip <laughs> and stick it into your mind stone. And his eyes go from, like, evil eyes to Paul Bettany eyes. I saw this thing where all these people are like, it's weird because I'm super thirsty for Paul Bettany when he's the vision, but when he's just a normal guy, it does nothing for me. What? That's, that's, that's wild. Also, Paul Bettany has really kind eyes. Mm. So now White Vision is gone, Technicolor Vision goes back to the square and hugs his kids, and now all that we have left is dealing with the Agatha and Wanda fight, which is... Okay, I kind of love this because Wanda does the dumb thing she did in Age of Ultron, where she just kind of zoops behind uh, Agatha and then uses her powers to go into Agatha's mind and create this, like, 
hallucination. Right, because in Age of Ultron, her whole thing was how she could make people feel their fears. Yeah, she could make people feel feel their fears or get their greatest desires or... It was basic. It was basically her having. I mean, she had essentially. She was Jean Grey. I mean, come on. No, I. I Were you gonna say Danny Moonstar? No, she did have Danny Moonstar's power. I forgot that Danny Moonstar also had that power. Hmm. I was gonna say she had Cloak's power from Cloak and Dagger. Oh yeah. How how many Marvel characters' power is it to touch you and make you feel your fears? I mean, it's the man things thing too, right? No, it's it's if you if you feel fear, you burn at his touch. Whose thing? The man thing. Oh yeah, huh? Which isn't exactly the same thing. But yeah. It's in the same ballpark. I guess there are a lot of Marvel characters. Some of the powers are going to repeat. Yeah, I I do. I love this scene so much because she brought Agatha back to her darkest moment, which is when she killed her coven. The uh, the bit we saw in the Agatha flashback. Yes, when they were when they had her tied to the stake and they were going to witch blast her. And I love this so much because Agatha's like, oh no, oh no. Really, Wanda? Really? I've been around for like hundreds of years. You don't think I self-actualized at any point? Really? <laughs> okay, that, that reminds me of, and I know I've talked about this on other podcasts, but not this one, so I'm going to bring it up on this one. Mm-hmm. And this is DC, not Marvel, but mm-hmm. my very favorite Catwoman story from right after Cataclysm, when the Scarecrow is testing this new fear serum out, and he tries to use it on... God, there are a lot of characters <laughs> whose power is just making you feel your fears. Anyway, he tries to use it on Catwoman to make her feel her greatest fear, and what she ends up, like, in this place in the sewers or whatever and all of the various rogues from batman's rogues gallery are attacking her and then batman swoops down and is like don't worry selena i'll save you because her biggest fear is codependence and having a man like jump in and try to take her glory there's also a really great bit where uh eclipso is uh do you, do you know Eclipse's deal? Eclipse's like this DC character who has a thing where uh, they can bring the dark side out of any person and t- like turn them against their friends and allies. Mm-hmm. And uh, they're trying to use uh, the Jaime Reyes Blue Beetle, incarnation of Blue Beetle. And she like brings his darkest power fantasy to life to turn it against his friends. And it's being a dentist because they make, he's like, yeah, dentists make like, you, you can make, like, $75,000 a year as a dentist. Like, not even a really <laughs> good dentist. Like, I can I can send my I can send my uh, my sister to college. Like, I can pay off my dad's debts. Like, dentist. And one of his friends just clocks him. Oh. Yeah. Okay, so what we're talking about, these, these tangents that feel like we're going off on tangents, but are actually really relevant to what's happening here. What we're talking about is the way in comics they do really fun stories that subvert the idea that everything has to end in a huge splash page fight sequence. Hmm. So, but that's that's not what happens here. No. I mean, honestly, I feel like what we were talking about here is that trapping someone in their greatest fear isn't really as big of a finishing move as you think it might be. Because, like I said earlier, 
like she's trapping Agatha in her worst memory, but Agatha has had hundreds of years to deal with this. Well, Wanda brings Agatha's coven back to life as like zombies, but the zombies all turn on Wanda because she's the Scarlet Witch. And Agatha's like, you keep on playing with power you don't understand, which is why you should give it to me. Although in this case, the power that she's playing with that she doesn't understand is Agatha's mind. Mm. So the zombie witches tie Wanda to the stake now. Now Wanda is the one who's going to be staked. Which sacrificed. Yes, but instead she like feels her powers growing and she sprouts an energy field in the shape of Wanda Maximoff's ridiculous headpiece. I, You know what? I appreciate that, though. It makes it kind of look like a crown, a lot like the crown that was... Agatha's mom's energy crown? Yes. And, uh... I mean, I don't think it's the worst way to do it. No, no. I. It's a ridiculous headpiece in general. This is probably one of the best ways to do it. So... Wanda blasts her way out of Agatha's mind, and she's like, okay, you know, you want to do this? Fine. Let's I guess just... we'll just have a fight. We'll just have an energy-clad battle. They f- And they fly up way into the sky where there's a bunch of fog and darkness. There's a plot reason for this, but also, I feel like this was probably a lot cheaper than anything else, because they're just surrounded by clouds. Yeah, so you can just have them on a green screen while you play a uh, screensaver in the background. Yes, and Wanda's firing a lot of bolts at things that are not Agatha. Yeah, she's just kind of wildly throwing hex bolts all over the place. And Vision's like, boys, don't look. And Billy's like... I can see I, it in my mind! I can see it in my... I have magical powers. You know, I could I could probably help out here, right? And Vision's like, no. And Tommy's like, Dad, couldn't you help out here? You have superpowers. And Vision's like, no. Well, Wanda swatted him down because he did try he did try to come up and help. And Wanda was like, no, this is, this is my deal. <laughs> Mommy's fight. So, you know, Agatha's trying to absorb all of Wanda's energy. And then she realizes that she can't because... She can't hurt Wanda because Wanda, in throwing all of those bolts around, was carving runes into the hex. Well, first she thinks she won. Wanda's like, fine, you want my power? Take my power. After she's finished throwing all of these hex bolts in random directions, don't worry about it, Agatha. It's probably fine. So she gives Agatha all of her power. She becomes a desiccated corpse. And Agatha's like, ha 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 ha. You think that I'm just going to let your family wander around doing whatever? Nah, I'm going to kill those suckers. And then Wanda stops being a corpse. And she's like, you notice? You notice you don't have magic anymore? Not enough magic to stop you from flying, granted. But you realize you, you don't have like your zappy powers. And Agatha's like, what? And Wanda's like, remember? Remember at the beginning of the episode when we established that, you know, when a witch has those runes that you had in your basement, other witches can't use their powers in the general area. You remember that? And Agatha's like, ugh. God damn it. I, I gave you two magic lessons and they both immediately bit me in the ass. Yeah, the one thing she taught her, I guess I guess Wanda is a quick study. Mm. So, yeah, the, the runes encompass the entire hex so that Agatha has no power here. Except flight. Except flight. And I assume, by the way, that this was intended to show how incredibly powerful Wanda was, because I have to assume that the larger the area that you're warding, the harder it is. And she's warding, you know, 
the entire town, essentially. I mean, I do appreciate this. I do appreciate them being like, look, I learned from you. I learned it by watching you. And then she sucks all of her power back from Agatha. And also, I assume all of Agatha's power, too. Because we see the energy that's coming off of Agatha is both red and purple. And red is the color of Wanda's power, but purple is the color of Agatha's power. Mm. And then Wanda magically poofs into not the best outfit. She pulls an Elsa. She uses her magic to create her new uniform. Yeah, and not terrible i guess it's fine. i mean it's better than her non-uniform that she's been wearing it's yeah it's better than her like we're too embarrassed to have an actual superhero costume so she's just basically wearing a red coat it's better than that the thing is the thing is it feels so much like her 90s costume which is kind of it's not wanda's worst outfit it's just really different from her other costumes see i feel like they took her classic costume and just made it out of red leather instead of you know fabric so they fly to the ground and (sighs) okay so now agatha gets her comeuppance so okay yeah Agatha, Wanda tells Agatha that she's going to stay here in Westview. She is going to be trapped here in Westview in the body of Agnes. She's going to be the nosy neighbor. And she's not, you know, so basically her mind is going to stay trapped. And and I said stay trapped. Agnes was never trapped. Agatha was never trapped. But now she is. Now she is under the mind control that the rest of the town was under. And she is Agnes, the nosy neighbor. She she says, you're going to have the role you picked for yourself. And uh, and Agatha's like, that's cruel. You're This isn't justice. You're just being cruel. And Wanda's like, meh. Meh. I, I, I know a lot of people had a lot of issues with this. Because it is just like smacking down a powerful woman. And even, even... Though the show lets Wanda be a powerful woman who doesn't have to burn herself up from the inside. It's like, ah, but one, one is our limit. It's all we can have. Even Monica Rambeau, who will theoretically go on to having her own great show. Mm. Theoretically. Even she isn't allowed to do anything awesome. So, you know, we hit our limit. Well, no, that's not the direction I was going in at all, though. Oh, and, and also, of course, altering people's minds is horrific. Yeah, that, that, that too. <laughs> that is the thing that I saw a lot of people being like, oh, it's awful because she, she's, she's, you know, mind, she's mind wiping uh, Agatha. I don't super have an issue with this because she makes it clear that she's going to be conscious inside Agnes. And I mean, I have an issue with this in a general, I think prison is bad, but... I mean, honestly, she's just giving her a flesh prison instead of a regular prison. So it's not, I, I feel like it's not really inherently worse than if she had done what Agatha said and like, oh, are you just going to throw me in jail? It's like, I mean, a smaller jail, I guess. Yes. No, like you, I, I am a prison abolitionist, but we're talking about a fictional story here. And if the question is, is it is it different to lock her in her mind than it is to like, lock her in the the phantom zone 
Yeah, or whatever. Or, yeah, whatever magical prison could hold this super powerful witch. Yeah, if it, if if she had her if she had her thrown in like the raft, is that really that different? Is it uh, is having her like chained up upside down with the thing over her mouth like Wanda was in uh civil oh, right. war? Yeah. Cuz that's what would happen if she handed her over to like the government, right? Yeah. Uh, okay, my thing here was I I mean I don't think it's good, but I also I don't really think there's a neat solution to this. No. Well, and this wasn't the ending I wanted for Agatha either. As you know, as we talked about, we both really wanted her to be a, a sinister, a dark figure who nevertheless was training Wanda, who, who was an ally and an enemy. And, but at the same time, when this happened, for a second, I was really interested in what was going on because she reverts to being the sitcom character that she the role that as Wanda says she chose for herself and I thought oh good we're gonna circle back around to what this show was originally doing but nope that's it that's all it is that's that's all we get so I'm where where is she gonna live exactly in the the witness protection house Okay, sorry, Ralph Boner. He he was living in the attic anyway. He can keep living in the attic. Although I I do feel like this definitely leaves the door open, and she she says I'll be seeing you, Agnes. Yes. Which you know they're everyone loved Agatha Harkness. Like she was by far. She's the breakout far, character. She is the breakout character of this show. I severely doubt Marvel is going to keep her out of play. Oh, I want to throw this in. I'm not sure if this is an Easter egg or if it's just a thing. But Wanda says, be seeing you, which is what the psychic villain in Babylon 5 uses as his. That's his, like, sinister be seeing you. So Uh I don't know if that is intentional or not, but I just want to throw that out there. So Wanda starts drawing the hex back into herself. She takes Vision and Billy and Tommy home. It's like a reverse once upon a time. In Once Upon a Time, there's the sequence where we see the curse flowing over the Enchanted Forest, and we see David and Snow watching it come towards them and knowing that it's going to curse their family. And in this case, what Wanda did is being undone, but as it approaches them, they know that it is going to erase them. Their their vision and Billy and Tommy are all going to be erased. Someone I... Uh, someone I follow on twitter was actually talking about how the bones of wandavision are really really similar to the bones of once upon a time in that it is a story about a witch who curses a group of people her family to live you know trapped in this town Mm -hmm. like there are some very similar yeah it's it's interesting that we did both shows because they're yeah like you said the bones the bones are the same so then there's the scene where Wanda and Vision say goodbye to their kids, and I just can't even. It's just too sad. This, I get that something else is going on here. I get that she's not just letting her kids die, but that is sort of the read you get off it. I know the post credits kind of throws that into question, but it really feels like she's like, well, guess you gotta die, kids. Sorry, just... Go to sleep. Don't worry about it. Well, she's maintaining presumably a teeny tiny hex around Agatha's house to keep her 
locked up? She couldn't maintain a teeny tiny hex over this house? Yeah, I mean, that's that's the thing. Like, she couldn't just have, like, little personal hexes around Billy and Tommy. Also, we had that whole thing in the episode previously on where... No, not previously on. We interrupt this program. We had that whole sequence on We Interrupt This Program where Monica was like, no, they are real. They actually exist. They they were actually, you know, gestated and born. Yeah. And But no, I guess not. Which, to be fair, is also what happens in the comic. Mm. <laughs> but, but in the comics, they come back, so. Yeah. And again, there's going to be a Young Avengers thing at some point. They're not taking these characters permanently out of play. But... It feels really creepy Wanda saying goodbye to her kids like this. It's really cruel, too. Yeah, like she and she says, thank you for choosing me to be your mom. (sighs) This doesn't emotionally land with me as much as it should. Her last scene with Vision. Well, not after the scene with her kids. And even that, I feel like there should have been more there. I feel like we should have had less CGI cloud and more her having to choose to say goodbye to all of these people. Mm -hmm. As is, it feels sort of just stuck at the end. Yeah. Yeah. No, that makes sense. Vision tells her that, you know, they've had to say goodbye so many times, they'll definitely see each other again. Max, he will always find her. Oh, God. For, for, for those of you who don't know, that was David and Mary Margaret's thing in Once Upon a Time. So. Snow White and Prince Charming. Just just another, just another Once Upon a Time correlation. Vision tells Wanda that he knows that they can't stay like this, but that, you know, he's, like you said, he's come back so many times and he knows that this isn't the end because, you know, what is grief but love persevering except... Etc. Cetera, Etc. Cetera. Yeah. But uh, morning has come. It is a brand- oh pun mm. wordplay. Yeah. And there, there's a bit where she tells him like, "You are my heart" or whatever. Okay, but she, she tells him that I, I actually don't like that part because she says that he's the part of vision that lived in her but literally he is the part of the mind stone that activated her power that was also him so she was able to use that mind stone to create him and it's like i don't need you to get into the science of how the infinity stones worked like let's not get into those weeds yeah i barfed up the little bit of the infinity stone power that got into me to activate my scarlet witch powers i barfed that up and that's you which if it was then shouldn't he still be sticking around Yes? Well, shouldn't the boys stick around? Like I said, Monica claimed that they were real. Yeah, and I know Monica was just doing guesswork at that point, but... But that that was intended for us to know that someone who was on the ground, who, like, literally midwifed them into existence, understood them to be actual human children. So, I mean, I guess it was meant to show how powerful Wanda was, but... Mm. No. So, everything fades as the last bit of the hex disappears... And Wanda's back in her sad clothes in the uh, house skeleton. Yeah, the house where it's just the foundation of the house that she, you know, originally found that Vision had bought for them. And then she just puts up her, her hoodie of sadness and sadly walks away. And she runs into Monica as she walks away. 
And Monica, again... Monica's only role is to be weird emotional support to Wanda. I guess everyone didn't leave the town because they're all there and mad at her. Yeah, it's weird that they all disappeared during the fight. They all... Oh, maybe they came back in when they saw the hex came down. To get their kids? I If I was Emma Caulfield, I would be with my daughter and not in the middle of town to glare at Wanda. Yeah, the sequence doesn't really work for me at all. But yeah, the people are all around Wanda glaring at her and... She's like, wow, they really hate me. And Monica's like, yeah, but you gave up your family for them. They will never know, but I know. And I I do, I saw a meme going around before this episode aired mm-hmm. with that showed all of the people coming back after the snap was undone. But of course, Vision doesn't come back because he, he died, died. Yeah. And it said, you know, she gave up her love so that everyone else could have theirs back yeah and that's like what this is again it's like oh she gave up her family her perfect life so that everybody could have their lives back but this doesn't land the same because she's the one who created the hex by accident but still but still and monica's like look i'm obviously i'm not super thrilled but like i get it if I could bring my mom back. Remember, I also had someone who died. Remember, I had stuff going on before this final episode? Yeah. If I could bring my mom back, I would. So, you know, look, they there are a lot of people who are mad at you. There are a lot of people who have a good reason to be mad at you. But at the same time, look, I I get why you did what you did. And one is like, neat and flies off. Mm-hmm. And that's the end, except for the post credit scenes. Okay, so we're going to talk about the post-credit scenes? Yeah, sure. Okay, so the first post-credit scene is a scroll approaching Monica and inviting her to join the Avengers Initiative, essentially. Basically, it's a scroll who's like, hey, it's a woman who's like, hey, uh, Monica, someone wants to talk to you. And she goes with the woman into an empty theater and the woman turns into a, sc- a scroll and she's like, there's uh, someone who needs your help out in space and monica's like good i'm looking forward to being a third tier character in captain marvel too oh you really think they're not going to give monica her own movie maybe like honestly i feel like optimistically we're looking at a disney plus series like three years in the future maybe oh man i was too optimistic i was really feeling like we were gonna get a monica rambeau movie no, I, I think they're just hinting at her like, oh, look, she's going to be a character in Captain Marvel. Yeah. Well, that's bullshit because she is Captain Mar- whatever. <laughs> Pushing that aside. <laughs> the last sequence that we get at the end end of the credits, because th- that's that's a mid credit sequence. The mm. final scene we get is Wanda out in Mount Wandagore. Yes. It's not stated exactly, but one can assume that it's Mount Wondagore. Which is the mountain village that Wanda and Pietro came from in the comics. It's also where the High Evolutionary lives. It's also where the demon god Kython was imprisoned. In the comics, Wanda has magic powers because Kython basically imbued her with his essence as a baby when Mm -hmm. she was born. So that he could, uh, so that she could later serve as his uh, host on the mortal realm, 
And that's why her power is manifested as magic, even though she's a mutant. So we see Wanda just kind of walking around, doing her healing, you know? Self-care, drinking tea, sitting yeah. in warm blankets. But then in the back of her bedroom in the corner, we see the Scarlet Witch, Wanda in her Scarlet Witch costume, kind of hovering in the air a little bit, reading the dark home. Yeah, and we can hear Billy and Tommy's voices calling out for help, you know, in the background of her, you know, casting circle. Yeah, so, I mean, presumably, I interpreted that scene as Wanda teaching herself magic, even though you've got a perfectly good witch stashed in Westview, but Wanda teaching herself magic for the purpose of figuring out how to actually bring back Tommy and Billy. Honest to God, I, I know this wouldn't be how they would do it, but I wish that instead of seeing, you know, Wanda and then the Scarlet Witch kind of as a separate thing. Yeah, that so was think- kind of weird. And again, very Dark Phoenix. They really, really wanted Wanda, I felt, to be the Dark Phoenix. Do we have to watch the Doctor Strange movie? Maybe this is a Doctor Strange movie thing where you astrally project to study magic or something. Oh, it probably is. Okay. I was just thinking about the way that in that last scene, Wanda is distinct from the Scarlet Witch the way that in later comics, Jean Grey is distinct from the Phoenix Force. Yeah. Which I don't love, but it would have been so much better if it had just been Agatha, you know, on the porch with the tea and then we go in and it's, that would have been just so much better. Okay, so do you know what I wanted? What? I wanted to go back to the TV thing. I wanted Wanda to go back into Westview and create like a a makeover show or Project Runway with Agatha as like an evil Tim Gunn. Okay, so we did hold off on talking about our alternate pitches for the last episode. That's one of my alternate pitches. Also, imagine, like, a Queer Eye sequence with five Agathas teaching Wanda magic. So, my my thought was for the... Obviously, I would have preferred it to end with, you know, Agatha teaching Wanda. I wish they had played with more with the TV thing yeah. in the last episode. Especially... With the fight between Agatha and Wanda. I feel like they could be just breaking through different, you know, I know it's probably a budget thing, but they could have, because this did seem like it was kind of a, to save money. I guess. But they could have just been like going through different eras of TV and like kind of weaponizing the way these, like, honestly, slapstick. It could have been a giant slapstick thing. Well, they could have been weaponizing tropes. They could be changing what they were in so that different rules applied as they switched from show to show. Yeah, and it it could run off like Desperate Housewives. Like the way they're attacking each other just keeps kind of changing shape depending on what kind of tv they're working like that would have been cool but whatever and now i'm envisioning that like as they're flipping through all these different fighting sequences like flipping into like a real housewife sequence where they're just throwing wine in each other's faces yeah that would have been so good did you have any other alternate pitches for endings i mean no that that was my basic thing was like you should have gone back to the tv thing you should have you should have honest to god big musical number you know you know we could do it it just it felt underwhelming 
I don't want to say that the episode is bad because it's not. I know I keep saying that. It's just, it just became a generic MCU thing. And I feel bad because, like, I've been defending this. I've been like, look, this wasn't a generic MCU thing. They're doing something new. They're doing something different. And then it was a generic MCU thing at the end. That doesn't undo the fact that the first part of it was so creative and so... Well, the thing that I said to you when we finished watching it is that I, I didn't hate the ending. It's it's not it it's not how I met your mother. It didn't go back in time and retroactively destroy the show. And later when I'm rewatching and I'm watching it all at once, and this is just the way they wrapped it up as opposed to a standalone episode where nothing satisfying happened, I'll be fine with it. I'm fine with this conclusion. I. Do, do we have a million ideas that we would have preferred? Yes, but not, but it's, it, it's fine. It's fine. And I don't want to negate, it, it doesn't negate how amazing the rest of the show was. And that's what matters to me, you know? It's like, the rest of the show is still an achievement, even if it's not perfect. Yeah, and there, there's a, there's a thing I saw where someone was talking about you know, Wanda, it's not fair to judge WandaVision as a mystery box show. But I'm not talking about a mystery box show. Oh, I'm sorry, go ahead. Well, uh, I was going to argue, I mean, it kind of is a mystery box show for the first few episodes. I until we get to, uh, uh, until we get to, you know. Uh, we interrupt this program? We interrupt this program. It is kind of a mystery box show. You know the elements that are going into it, but. Once you know what the situation is, then it's just the situation after that point. Okay, but when people say it's not fair to judge it as a mystery box show, I think what they're saying is it's not fair of you to be disappointed that a character didn't turn out to be Mephisto, that there wasn't some other person behind it all, that it's not, that it didn't turn out that Hayward was really, who did you think Hayward was? Ultron. I didn't think it was a theory I saw, which I was like, you know what? I would not be surprised. Right. We're like, oh, it's 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 not fair for you to be disappointed that Hayward isn't really Ultron. But that's not what we're saying. We're not saying you should have had some big twist at the end that answered all our questions. We're just saying you were so creative when you started. Did you have to end so generically? That's that's a different complaint. Yeah. Really, really strong start. Kind of a soft end. Yeah. Which... I mean, it's still better than than most shows. Like, it's still, you know. Yeah. It's I'm, fine. It's, it's fine. It's fine. But I also want to say, because I think we're wrapping up right now. Yeah. That I really did enjoy doing this. I did, too. I, I, I did like talking about a show where we don't know what's going to happen. A show that, you know, we're experiencing along with everyone else. I do feel bad about I got kind of... I got kind of heated in the episode where I talked about the internet reaction, and I feel bad about that now. I think I needed to unplug a little more. I think I got too into, uh, I needed to block more stuff, because I, I got kind of... Well, I think, I think it would do us all good to unplug a little bit more than yeah. we are. <laughs> like, I do kind of regret getting into the weeds online about this show. But, you know, eh, it happens. And... We we should think about doing more shows as they come out. Yeah, I, I floated to you, Max, the idea of doing Bob's Burgers next season. 
and doing the new episodes as they come out because that's a show that we both really love. But we're going to think about that. And uh, somebody online suggested we should do Doom Patrol. Yeah, that might be fun. I, I might really enjoy that because I've enjoyed the little clips I've seen of Doom Patrol. I have seen none of Doom Patrol, so I'd have to watch it. But yeah, if it, yeah. Yeah. It could be good. And it, it's not a comic I'm super familiar with. It's, I, I've heard good things and I've seen cool stuff from it, but it's, it's, it's very high concept. It's a very high concept comic. I do love high concept stuff. Mm. Yeah. So, yeah, we should definitely consider maybe doing, doing Doom Patrol. Yeah. And if you have any other suggestions, feel free to send them our way. And in the meantime, you can listen to our other podcasts. We do Welcome to Hallowell Manor about Old Charmed. And we do Welcome to the Uncharted Territories about Farscape. So I guess that'll bound to it. Yeah, that'll do it. The end. The now, end. Now leaving Westview. Our show is partially listener supported. If you want to be one of those supporters and support our other podcasts, you can visit our website, www.welcometotelevision.net, and click on our Patreon link. We like to thank our current $5 and above patrons, Beryl, Patricia, Sam, Cassidy, Alex, Alicia, Ryan, Maracruz, Rosa, Javier, Benjamin, Kyle, and Kate. If you'd like to support this or any of our other shows... Uh, you could also rate or review us on Apple Podcasts. It helps other people find us. If you want to talk about this show or any show, you should join our Facebook page, Welcome to Television. We can also be contacted at I Love TV Zines on Twitter or at I Love Television Zines at gmail.com. So for the last time, I'm Tina. And I'm Max. And this has been Welcome to Westview. Westview.